0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: my, how welcome to the Tamariki Book Festival. On this programme, let's meet the authors and illustrators of the
0: Tamariki Book Festival.
1: I'm about to read chapter 30 of The Uncomfortable Glass Slippers. That's saga two in a trilogy called The Strange Sagas of Sabrina Summers. And it makes more sense if I explain a little bit about the characters. Uh, In these books, Perfectly ordinary kids, just like the ones listening to this show or who come along to the Tamariki Book Festival, get sent to a very strange and mysterious land and they change into fairy tale characters. Three books, three different fairy tale characters each. And a lot of the story is about how they cope with that and how um, being a fairy tale character isn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, this particular chapter talks about a little bit about how brothers and sisters interact, um, and how child, child different personalities get on or squabble and things like that. So, if anybody belongs to a family, this will feel very familiar. One character is called Rory. He's the little brother of the main heroine whose name is Sabrina and he's completely based on my own little brother who's now grown up to be a very sensible grown-up man but boy was here pain when he was a little boy and the person he's with is Olive who is Sabrina's frenemy and they really have a bit of a love-hate relationship. These two guys have been turned into Baby Bear Rory and Goldilocks Olive and they're off to see the goblins. Now goblins are very cruel, and one of the things that they like is to laugh at um, animals being humiliated. And they're heading off to try and distract the goblins by Rory pretending to be a dancing bear. Their method of transport is Ruggy, who's a very temperamental flying carpet, who's the main star of the first book in the trilogy, which is the uncooperative flying carpet. So that's a long as long an introduction as the chapter is. <laughs> Chapter 30 The higher Ruggy rose up the side of the mountain, the colder it got. Olive moved closer to, to Rory, being careful not to make Ruggie wobble too much. It was bliss. Rory was warm and furry and great to cuddle up to. She leaned her head on his shoulders and sighed happily. What are you doing? I hate it when girls touch me. I might catch something, said Rory. Oh, I don't care, Olive said, snuggling deeper. You're so comfy and cosy. Go away. No. Yes. Make me. Olive was an only child who had no idea what she had let herself in for. Five seconds later, she was trapped underneath Rory as Baby Bear, with her arms and legs flailing in the air, being tickled and threatened with suffocation. As they fought they hadn't noticed that Ruggy was bringing them nearer and nearer to their destination. There was a little bump, and suddenly they were down. He had landed them in a clearing that was very familiar. When they had escaped from the goblins and Witchy Woo by claim climbing down Sabrina's hair in the last book, they had run to this very clearing, and Rory had discovered that Ruggy was a magical flying carpet. They stood up, brushed themselves down, scowled at each other, and then looked around. It was very quiet. There was no wind, no sound of birds cheeping, and no sound of small animals rustling, which Olive, for one, was grateful for. Now what, said Rory. Olive remembered Sabrina's advice. They should take this one step at a time. First, I think we need to hide Ruggy here, she said. That way, when we escape, we know right where to come and get him. Rory nodded, rolled Ruggie up nice and tight, hugged him bye-bye and leaned him up against a tree trunk. Then he hid him with some branches that had fallen from the trees. It would be almost impossible for anyone passing to see Ruggie at all, unless they tripped right over him. Okay, now we go climb the rest of the mountain and um, say hi, said Olive. Can you actually dance, she asked. They were there to show the goblins what an amazing um, dancing bear he was, after all. Can I dance? He scoffed. Check out my moves. He stood on his hind legs and shimmied his rear end. He raised one paw and extended one claw, pointing it up to the sky, while the other front paw pointed down. Then he started to jump up and down on the same spot. His little tummy bounced in rhythm. He smiled. Olive was doubtful. Well, it'll have to do. Just remember, no talking. If they find out you're a talking bear, they'll be so excited they'll never let us go. So we just walk in. I do a dance while you get the glass slipper and then we walk out, Rory said. Oh yes, we should be in and out in an hour at the most, said Olive, with a greatly misplaced confidence. Why do they want to see me dance? Olive shook her head. "'Believe me, I have no idea,' she said honestly. "'I'd rather not have seen it.' "'I mean,' said Rory heavily, "'why do they want to watch bears dance?' She shook her head again. "'I don't know. "'Goblins are like some people. "'They like to laugh at animals or people "'by humiliating them or hurting them. "'Like bullies?' "'Yep, like bullies.' This was turning out to be a complicated conversation. Olive wondered how other people coped with brothers and sisters. She'd always wanted a little sister who she could play with and dress up, but she hadn't realised how tiring it was. Rory returned to his questioning. Maybe they'll pay us because I'm such a great dancer, she said. Maybe. I bet they will. Mm, I bet they will too. Do you remember all that golden stuff we stolen through at them when we were escaping last time? Uh huh. I remember. I wonder if some of it's still here. I don't know. Do you think it is? No. Why not? Oh, because they probably came and collected it all. What if they missed something? <sighs> if they missed something, we can pick it up on the way back to Ruggy. As they had been talking and talking and talking, they had left the cover of the woods and started to climb up a steep, narrow, rocky path. Rory pattered along easily, sometimes ahead of her, sometimes behind her. Olive walked carefully, picking her way between stones. The drop to the side was steep and the valley below was full of jagged rocks. Are you scared of falling over? Yes. Just run along like me. No thanks. Go on, it's easy. Look at me, watch me. I said no. Go on. Ow! Are you okay? I did that on purpose. Uh Uh-huh. Are we nearly there? Oh, thank goodness, yes we are.
0: Michelle Clark-McConachie teaches creative writing and has been a full-time writer of children's books since 2014. Her books are also available in a dyslexia-friendly format to give all children and adults the chance to love reading. Kia ora, Michelle.
1: Kia ora, Rachel. How are you today?
0: <laughs> good. Good, good. Lovely to hear some of your story. What a fantastic character Sabrina is.
1: Yes, she's uh, completely based on my stepdaughter, who's now 18 and about to leave home and go to university. Uh, But when she was 12, she um, was the inspiration of that character. She's the organiser and um, stronger than she thinks she is, like lots of girls Mm. and women. (laughs) Mm.
0: And I know from hearing other things you've said, uh, strong
1: female leadership is really important to you. Absolutely, Um, with the right kind of strong female. (laughs) Um, When often girls, as they go to intermediate school around that age, have a huge confidence drop. Mm. Um, And the book is saying to them, "Actually, you can do this, and you have got it in you, and it's not hard. um, And you should feel proud of the things that you can achieve, uh, and as well as other themes like kindness."
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. We've got a Prime Minister that promotes kindness all the time.
1: Yeah, we're very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> that. the moment,
0: yeah. I've, as, there's an office that I pass when I work at the hospital that um, it's got be kind with a, a part on the window and it's always ah, lovely to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know for myself, I was pretty confident as a child, but they're hitting that puberty
1: age... And so many messages girls get about their uh, focusing on appearance. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and in fact, in the first book in my trilogy, um, the vainest girl who, who thinks that it's all about appearance is Olive and she worries about what she looks like and things like that. And she becomes Cinderella in rags um, and finds that you know her own growth is that it doesn't matter what clothes she wears. She doesn't have to have designer clothes. It's all about how she treats her friends and helps helps them and how they um, perceive her differently as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Really
0: important message for girls.
1: Yeah. And you. I think
0: you've done some work with girl guides
1: or did uh, yeah, workshops um, around I that? I taught uh, just, just one day uh, a group of rangers and... Mm. Um, is there, older, a, is there an aspect of girl guides it, I, ranges? Apparently, yes. yes. <laughs> the, the older ones. Yes. So when I was little, it was just the brownies and the guides, which I was. And um, she, um somebody I taught called Maddie, who is an amazing writer in her own right. She was is, uh, I think about fourteen now. So. Um, Earlier this year, just before lockdown, she and some of her friends organised a girl empowerment day. When Great. they had things like self defence, and we used writing was one of the workshops that they could um, come along to, and t- we talked about what does a, what kind of. Issues would you want to solve if you were? What kind of things make you angry, and what would be the right person to solve those mm. issues? Mm. And they were they were varied. It was really interesting um, to hear the kind of things that they think about. They ranged from. Um, climate change and Donald Trump uh, to um, one of the girls very jealous because when she went to school, her cat got to stay home (laughs) and sleep all day. Um, So I have a picture story under development called about the very lazy cat and what he actually does, um, inspired by her. Mm. Um, Mm. So, yes, I have done a little bit, but I do teach creative writing Mm. um, to that age group. I've never – I don't think I've ever done any study of creative writing. What is – what is it that you're wanting to teach
0: when
2: you're doing
1: it? Um Well, I teach some of the formulas that are standard in modern books. So I don't just teach people how to write children's books. It's, it, you apply the same rules and you can't see this, but I would be making um, speech quotation marks around the word rules because all rules are there to be broken mm, in writing because mm. it's a creative process. Mm. But it's a bit like learning to be an amazing um, artist and um, like Picasso, who's a wonderful um, uh, art, artist, before he went mm. um, freestyle and, yes. um, and broke so, all the rules. So he need
0: to learn about light and uh, colours and yep. combining and things and to, techniques. And how yeah. to draw in
1: perspective. Yeah. And, this and is then the same. break the rules. Yeah, and this yeah. is the same. But some things that still matter, like having characters that are amazing 3D that pop off the page and you know all about them. And I always say it's like the tip of an iceberg if you're creating a character... Your your readers may see the little bit that's above the water, but you need to know everything else about them to make mm. them believable, mm. even if it doesn't come into the story. Mm. Um, and that's quite good fun. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, people um, have gone on to write, or uh, you know, carry on their passion to write all sorts of different things. Who have been um, on on creative writing courses with me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and you also teach adults English. Uh, I teach, yeah, well, I teach creative writing to adults and to children. Right, yeah, um, and I'm currently working part time at Ara teaching academic English to most amazing students. Um, I'm very lucky and humbled sometimes by their stories and where they're going. They're usually going on to. Do nursing or midwifery or medical imaging, or uh, sometimes they're engineers. And when you ask them what they want to do and why they want to do it, it's um, great to be part of their journey and just again give them skills that means they can pass their their exams and pass their degrees, and then go on to. um, You know, I have many who say, "Oh, I'm learning these skills here, but then I want to go back to the islands where I'm um, my family is to build." Something that will help the community, or to work with that community and mm-hmm. help them learn how to improve their own health and things mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just just part time. So it's nice to be on school holidays at the moment and yes. doing, doing writing type stuff. That's just very creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you always want to write? What was it like? Yeah, I did when I was a, when I was a little girl, and um, I grew up in the air force in the U- in the UK, and then Singapore, and then back in the UK, and then. West Berlin, as it was then, um, and so I um, just grew up reading, mm-hmm. and so I'm a fa- famous five. Then, then Nancy Drew, then Agatha Christie, yeah. <laughs> and um,
0: you like a good adventure,
1: yeah, I do, um, and lo- just absolutely loved reading. So if people couldn't find me. I was in my bedroom reading, really. Yes. And um, loved writing and had a passion for it, Because which always comes from reading. Mm. Um, you can't be a writer and not enjoy reading, I think. Mm. Um, and was good at English at school. And that was, you know, that was my best subject. But um, basically... If you said to people you wanted to be a writer, people kind of raise their eyebrows at you and sort of say, well, there's actually not any jobs and there's no money in it. Mm. And here I am now. I hate there's... it when people were so discouraging like that. That's... But they were yeah. so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's not a lot of money in writing, especially not writing children's books. Right. Um, so it's a labour of love, really. You know, There's things mm. that I want to say. And there's things that I want just to enjoy it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. You mm. know, I've got a, a book coming out, hopefully in time for the Tamariki Book Festival, called... The Lonely Moustache, which is a colouring in book, really short story, um, you know, a couple of hundred words perhaps about a moustache that's just looking for a nose that he wants to take residence under, oh, and the, the the joke in it is that he wants to pick his own nose; he doesn't want somebody else to pick it for him. <laughs> and yeah, no, so it's a it's um that so it's fun to do yeah. things like that as well. You know, it's about yeah. remembering that life is a bit about joy and yeah. humour, and not uh, and not just about the things that we've been through in in Christchurch in the last 10 years Mm. up to the pandemic today. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: it's been a rough ride and and fun and humour and joy.
1: Um, Sometimes they're in short supply. Yes, yes,
0: (laughs) and so essential. I read that you loved Little Women. Oh, yeah, that what was. What do you love yeah. about that
1: story? Well, one of my dreams to have a window seat and write stories on it, like Joe March did. It was yeah. absolutely, I read it again and again and again.
2: Yeah.
1: And you know, every time, uh, I'm sure this isn't a story spoiler for anyone, but every time Beth dies, I'd sob my heart out. Mm-hmm. You know, those characters are so real. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just spoke to me, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just imagined that's how I would... I be. adored that book too. Yeah. It's...
0: And I've and I've seen every film version of oh. it. And I even found myself on the plane one time watching, um I don't know when it was made, but black and white and you know they had oh, yeah. full skirts and yeah. and actresses that I didn't know any of them. Okay. Um <laughs> And the latest one that's come out, you know, even though I knew it was happening, my emotions were uh, on a roller coaster long. I
1: haven't seen it yet, but it's supposed to be amazing. It's great. Yeah. yeah
0: I don't think you'll be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you clearly have a love of animals
1: too, and those yep.
0: that theme runs through your stories.
1: It is. It's um important to me to say to children these aren't here for you to use. Mm. Um, they're here for you to um, be loved by and, and take responsibility for. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's just getting them thinking mm. instead of just being taught from birth that they're just, oh, they're just there, it's only an animal, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just saying, you know, maybe it's time for you to question or maybe it's time for you to just look, stand back and think about your own, take responsibility for your own actions. And so it's it's not a... Um, it's not the theme of the books um, but it's just a part of my life so it comes out in in there to say that's you know again it's just about kindness and it shouldn't stop um, at people that in your family you know charity might begin at home but it certainly doesn't stop there Um, and it doesn't stop with your own country and it doesn't stop with human race you know if it's it's if just you know, warrior up is the latest phrase. and um, I haven't heard that. I'll be a warrior, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, what um, does it mean? Stand up for those um, who need to be stood up for.
0: Yeah. Mm. Are you worrying W-O-R-R-Y or warrior. warrior? Oh, sorry, the du- English, British accent, <laughs> W-A. <laughs> like. W-A. Um, W-A-R-R-I-O-R. I-E-R. I-E-R. Yeah. Ah, I haven't heard that. I'll probably hear it lots now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a great concept. Yeah. And... It's, it seems clear to me, you know, reading your work and your website, you've done a lot of that internal work to work out what's important to you and your values.
1: Yeah, I think um, I if, would not have written the same kinds of books if I had just written straight from school or straight from university. I think I would, didn't. you know, I've grown up quite a lot and... Um, I know now how that it's hard work writing a book. It's not just a la-la-la, I feel like writing a book, which mm. I just used to think. Yeah. And you don't just write it once, you write it again and again and again, and then you get input. Um, my husband's in the other room and he reads them and comes up with ideas and makes helpful comments. And then I think, oh, what's he saying that for? And then I think about it, think, oh yeah, I suppose that would be better if. Mm-hmm. So it, you, you just keep going. But certainly I think um, the benefits of being a little older <laughs> and being middle-aged as opposed to young meant that I've had lots of experiences and hasn't always learnt the first time I've done something wrong, but, um, you know, <laughs> having learnt again and again, I thought, oh, right, yeah. that's something I can include. Yeah, you bring your life experience. Yeah. And I, um, I'm not a mother,
0: and I uh, adore being an auntie and a godmother, And um, I I really love the idea that you were initially wrote for your niece and then you wrote for your stepdaughter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erin's is my niece. She's in the UK and she's... I think 20, just turned 23 in July, mm. and she was a big reader as mm. well. So she's half-time. She loves Cho Chang, the character in Harry Potter, because she can identify with yeah. her. So it was always important for me to have characters that aren't just all one kind of person. Mm. And, so, yeah, so I started off writing stories for her. Mm. Um, but she was, she's really clever. She just saw through all my endings pretty quickly, so I had to, <laughs> I had to up my game pretty fast. <laughs> um, and so I have got The Witch who is evil or not in the books is called which he won't she's a chinese shaman sort of Mm -hmm. in um acknowledgement of my brother's family a a chinese tie Mm -hmm. um rory the little boy in it is dyslexic and um in the chapter i just read he um the advice that Olive has been given is that you break it down into one task at a time so that he can still do all the things that anyone else can do. It's just mm. one in smaller steps. Mm. Um, and yeah, Olive is a, a girl of colour. Um, and Not Olive, Persis is um, named after my grandmother, mm-hmm. my um, nan. Um and so there are lots of different people who come together um, mm. Mm. and so that means that, pe- you know, you can recognise yourself in some of those characters, whoever you are, hopefully.
0: Yeah. That's an unusual name.
1: Um, what was your Nan like? Persis? Yeah. Well, it, it means a woman from Persia, but she was Welsh. Yes. Um, and Olive is my other grandma who was Indian, so um, that's I've got no chance ever of being tall with Indian and Welsh ancestry. <laughs> yeah. um, and so Nan was my adopted grandma, so I don't know... Um, much about her uh, because we travelled such a lot so I didn't really see either of my grandmothers until I was a teenager we went back on long visits Mm. Um, but she was very good she um, married an Australian man who was so abusive to her in the beginning of the 1900s that Mm. the Salvation Army rescued her and sent her back to Wales and she Um, made money by taking in children whose parents couldn't look after them. And that was um, what she did. She was like the main um, carer of abandoned children in the village, and my dad was one of those. Mm. And she usually fostered them for a time or or, um, looked after them for a time, but... um, my dad says, oh, she looked at me and I smiled at her and she said, oh, I'll adopt this one and keep him. <laughs> and it's true, I know, cute story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She sounds like an amazing woman. She, yeah, she, yeah. Talking about her, which I've never done really before, she, yeah, I kind of realise it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't it beautiful that you can weave these women into the yeah, stories? Absolutely, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely, so they yeah. don't get
0: forgotten. Yeah. Isn't storytelling important? It's good for our soul, isn't it? it?
1: Yes, it is. It is. It makes us stop and reflect and it gives us an escape mm. as well, which is great <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I think somewhere, did I read, that you descri- described yourself as a
1: geek? Is it? Oh uh, Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> like Doctor Who and yeah. Star Trek Yeah. and, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, things like that. They're
0: great stories, aren't they?
1: They are. I'm very... Excited that you know we've got a first female Doctor Who at the moment, and yeah. she's she's really good. Yeah, yeah. I was never um, I
0: I sort of veered away from scary things. Okay, and I don't know there was something about the music of Doctor Who. That, yeah, um, but I I did um, watch um, a few of the new Doctor Who. I don't, can't remember her name, um, but she I've seen her in other TV shows, and she's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoy yeah. her. Ah. Tell me about your involvement with the Tamariki Book Festival. What
1: Oh this is How'd you be involved? The second festival um that we've had, uh and it was run by a really amazing woman called Therese Fisher, who I'm sure you've spoken to. Mm. Um and I just we just were stallholders last time. Uh and it's now become a charity and Therese and Robin, who has also been interviewed by you and mm. I, are on the board. Beautiful. Um, and it's really important to us to bring local authors to children. Uh, you can go to any bookshop, anywhere in the world, and you will see um, amazing books, David Walliams and Jackie Rowling and um, the classics as well, Enid Blyton and Little Women. Um, but there might be be a tiny section if anything that's for for local authors yeah um and so it's really helpful we we think it's really important to bring illustrators and authors to children and to tell them that there's this wealth of talent um in Christchurch and it's a fun day as well you know we're going to do readings we'll have competitions um lots of different activities I'm in the middle of redecorating my gazebo so that it's the ragged storytellers tent so people can come and see my different books, and um, enter. I'm having a competition named the Unicorn, and things like that. So there's um, lots of different activities, and and the um, Toronga, which is a great space, um, all indoors, and coffee outside. And you know, the parents can get a coffee and wander around, and hopefully bring their Christmas spending money with them because it's just before Christmas. Beautiful. And what better present than a book? Yes. <laughs> Hope the day goes wonderfully, Michelle. Thanks very much, Rachel.
0: Come along to the Tamariki Book Festival, November 22nd in the Turanga TSB space, 10 till 4. Check out our podcasts on the Plains FM website.
2: Just search Tamariki Book Festival.